Table Talk is not your typical D&D TTRPG podcast. We are not here to run you through our whole campaign. We're here to talk about everything else in the space of Table Talk. I'm your host, Alejandra Wilhelm. And I'm also your host, Mariah Gresham. And we're your tabletop roleplay girlies. And we are live. Thank you so much for coming back and tuning in. Uh, We have another really great guest episode here for you. One that I'm very excited about because I want to learn a thing. Um, but I would like to go to D school. I would like to go to D and D combat school specifically. Um, but yeah, we are joined. So, quick uh, thing: is it Tom? It is Tom. I will go by either, but uh, Tom is preferred. Tom is preferred. Okay, so we are joined by Tom, Dungeon Master Tom. Um, if you want to give us a quick little little introduction about you and what you do and where people can find you um, yeah. and any cool projects you got going on. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, first off, thank you so much for having me on. I've like we've talked about before we started. I've listened to your podcast before, and I really love it. And I just think mm-hmm. this kind of content, bringing it into the D and D sphere, is very valuable. And I'm just I'm really happy to be here. So thank you guys so much for having me. Um, yeah, so my name's Tom. Uh, I go by both. I go by Thomas and Tom, but you can call me Tom. Uh, and I am a Canadian, and I work as a media analyst uh, up uh, for an ad agency. And I started playing D&D uh, back in high school. And I am mm-hmm. like, I know everybody probably says this, and I, <laughs> but I am like a massive like fantasy and storytelling nerd. But I am yeah, also yeah, us too. As par for the course, you know. Yeah, yeah. Who would have thought? It's kind of yeah. <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> Who would have guessed? As I hide uh, <laughs> like all of my fantasy memorabilia. Yeah, uh, like a hundred percent. I'm just so I'm so into that kind of stuff. But I'm also like a really big statistics nerd. So I graduated with like a marketing degree, but I actually got a certificate in economics just because I loved oh. economics so much. Um, so. On top of that, then I'm like a really big, uh, like I'm really into like MMORPGs and um, mm-hmm. kind of like all games sort of revolving around that genre. And so uh, I've sort of combined my like love for like statistics into those games. And I'm, I don't love the term, but I like, I think what I would be what you consider like a power gamer. Like I really get into like the nitty gritty of like mechanics. Mm-hmm. And sort of like how everything works sort of behind the screen of all the games that I've played. And I'm obviously I've taken like a step back from playing most games just because, um, you know, I'm getting older and I just got engaged and, uh, you know, responsibilities that, uh, yeah, it was, it was chaos. Uh, let me tell you about <laughs> engagements real quick. I thought it was going to be super romantic, but neither, she didn't know what was going on until like, I had asked the question four times and it was, it was not romantic. It was just like, for baby. Yeah. It was just, it was just chaos the whole time. And, but it went really well. Anyway. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Also a little well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, um, I, uh, so I play a lot of, uh, play a lot of video games and I love the mechanics and the statistics behind it. And so that naturally kind of came into when I started DMing and I just got really into understanding how uh, combat works and how to Mm -hmm. make really exciting and interesting uh, combat for my players. Because I have like my sort of like take is that I find that most combat in D&D, if you're inexperienced or if you'd like are just starting out, it's really hard to make combat exciting for everyone all the time. (laughs) And it's something that I struggled with a lot when I first started playing. And naturally, like my whole background of like wanting to kind of learn the like nitty gritty of what goes on and like the balancing of everything. I really started to dive deep into like, how can I make this fun for everybody all the time? Yeah. And that sort of naturally segued into I started making content this year. Uh, I graduated with a degree in graphic design. Um, I was studying in Vancouver for a while. And then after that, I got this job. Everything's great. But I also, you know, I've always kind of like wanted to, I always have like something I'm working on on the side. Mm -hmm. And so I started publishing um, what I call boss encounter content. But basically what it is, it's just like very intense combat specific 
PDFs revolving around like a boss encounter for D&D that um, players can use that can kind of like drag and drop into their games. And it really focuses on just like a full session of combat, like giving your players a full session of combat, but making it exciting for everybody. Which, um, by the way, as a DM, as soon as I like started looking up your stuff, I was like, oh, uh, this is going to be everything to me like every single game. time I'm like planning combat because like your stuff is such good quality and then you're you're so extensive and like giving all of like the stat blocks the item descriptions the the monsters the everything I was like oh this is this is gonna be my life for for a yeah. hot minute I was like I'm gonna try to steal some of those for <laughs> steal all of it that is so nice thank you guys so much that that genuinely means a lot I like I get so giddy when anybody interacts with like any of my stuff because like I've always kind of wanted to create content like this and I never really mm -hmm. pulled the trigger on it but after I got like a degree in design and everything I sort of felt like I had the capabilities to actually produce things that I felt were like good enough to share with the world and so whenever anybody says anything I'm just like every Instagram like humbles me. I just like, I just get so excited and like, so thank you guys a lot. That, that really Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really fucking good content. And the art is also really, yeah. Like, we were looking through it and I was like, all these like unintentionally erotic werewolves yeah. <laughs> that are like out here. <laughs> that, I realized that halfway through and I was like, these are some, <laughs> these are some erotic werewolves. These are some erotic werewolves. And listen, yeah, as like certified, certified monster fuckers, we were like, hey, and then me and Mariah had to be like, okay, it's, it's erotic to us, but it's not yeah. going to be erotic to most people. And we need Maybe to keep everybody. <laughs> I just changed my brand really... to erotic werewolf producer. Wait, if you tap into the monster fucker market, you will find <laughs> such a slew of support. Let me tell you. <laughs> Put like, me on your marketing team. <laughs> I'm not as like deep in the trenches as Ali is, as far as like, but like werewolves are pretty accessible. Yeah. Um, yeah. As monsters go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like we just a fluffy boyfriend as like the teen yeah. the teen wolf generation the teen wolf generation the teen like, Jacobs the Twilight of Twilight generation. Yeah. My friend and I watched Twilight like two days ago so i'm back on my like jacob and bella fan fiction bullshit mm -hmm. and like yeah. how oh yeah how am i here building again. The building again um, <laughs> but no yeah um, it's so good uh yeah anyway <laughs> sorry uh, nope, yeah. that's okay <laughs> i was like how do i transition back to <laughs> i'm like, shameless about it be like seamless like so it. anyway yeah, so um, but anyway, so my kind of goal with the content that I mm -hmm. create and provide is, again, to kind of just create that like really intensive encounters that have a lot of moving parts to them, but that give all the players some sort of like some just some like a form of entertainment. Because, again, I think what a lot of the and I have a story that I can follow up with like yeah. a personal experience but um i think what a lot of new dms fall into is i think they like they look at like the monster manual and they see stat blocks for all these creatures and they're like they oh they look so cool and they throw them into an encounter it's not really thought about and it's like you're fighting four guards and it just ends up everybody's just like trade and attack rolls nobody's moving around you're just kind of like hoping to outroll them or like outroll the uh mm -hmm. the other people and you just kind of fall into this trap of like in your mind, it seems like a really cool combat encounter, but once you like actually execute it, there's not a lot for your players to decide to do, and it's very straightforward for them to, I run up and I like hit the monster, I hit the guard or whatever. Yeah. And then it just becomes this like, yeah, like I said, it just becomes this like trading of like, I attack, I don't move because I don't want to provoke an opportunity to attack. And there's not a lot of decision that the players have to make, and it just kind of becomes this like stale back and forth until usually the player mm -hmm. come out on top. Um, and I think a lot of DMs that are new, they fall into that trap. So this, again, my content is aimed at really providing a lot of dynamic, um, just a lot of dynamic choices that the players have to make. And we can talk more about like that um, with like questions talking about how, combat, yeah. how to make combat better. And I'll probably reference my stuff, but, um, but yeah. Uh, the one thing I actually did, so I, this all kind of stemmed from when I was running Tomb of Annihilation with my mm. um, my group. I don't know if you guys have ran that adventure. I haven't run it, but like I've heard of, heard it. of it too. And I've like looked into it a little bit and it seems really cool. It, it was really fun. There's a lot of things I like changed about it, which is I think just normal for all like kind of yeah. um, 
adventures. Um, however, there was one specific day that I had been teasing. There's like what it, you explore the island. That's kind of part of the adventure. And mm -hmm. I've been teasing to the players like like they're all buddies of mine. And when we go out for beers, I'm like, there's an undead and undead T-Rex coming. There's a like, get ready. It's exciting. And I've been teasing this for a long time. And then eventually the uh, we got to the part where the undead T-Rex came and it was like this cool big monster. But it only had one attack that was like a bite attack. So it just mm -hmm. ran up to the players and then like used its bite attack. And then all the players just hit it and then it used its bite attack. And then all the players hit it. And again, like it, it goes back to there was no actual thing about the encounter that made it exciting. It was just, yeah, like, we're finding yeah. this thing. And you, yeah. And that sort of stemmed, I would say, my want to kind of create more, some, something more dynamic. Gotcha. Okay. So I love that. And uh, like me, for example, I'm someone that like, traditionally even as a player like combat was never my my biggest strength yeah, sometimes it takes me a while to really get in the flow of like what my character can even accomplish totally. with uh their abilities and their and their class and their feats and etc and sometimes mm -hmm. it, it takes me a, a learning curve i've even had like to sit down some of my dms i'm like hey here's my character sheet please explain it to me like i'm five um yeah. and and then show me how i can be the best version of myself in combat yeah um and so it's something I've struggled with a lot as a player. I've gotten a lot better about it now, but like now stepping into the chair as a DM for yeah. like 5e specifically, mm -hmm. um, I noticed in the beginning, like with one shots or, or whatever, like random encounters, like I did some encounters that I ran strictly like according to the book. Um, mm -hmm. But I kind of ran into that issue of what you're saying of either the, either the encounter was too easy and it was really like, in my opinion, whether mm -hmm. my players believe it or not, I just felt like it wasn't, yeah, dynamic enough. And it was very like, I just run up and hit, they were like level one. So like, I run up and hit the rat or whatever. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Not super like, interesting. I slice the rat. I slice the rat. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, right. So not super, not super interesting. And then mm -hmm. I remember the first time that I really like kind of tried to design a combat was for like a Christmas one shot where they were going to go meet Krampus and shit. Um, oh, and awesome. I picked, um, like some red, like the how they were gonna find out was like they were gonna be ambushed by some red caps like on their yeah. journey, mm -hmm. um, who were like mounted combatants and stuff. And so I had like I think there was like maybe four of them, um, and I was like I think this is good. And I I think I used D and D Beyond to build the encounter. And oh yeah, I was like these are my players. This is how level they are. And like these are all the monsters I want to include. And it kind of gives you like a rating of like how difficult it'll be for yes. the players mm -hmm. um which like was not very accurate <laughs> in my opinion yeah. mm -hmm. um to what actually like happened at the table did you find and it then yeah accurate yeah. sorry did you find it accurate like in that it was it said it was going to be harder than it was or easy like did you think it was easier than it said it was going to be so harder? i had the issue of like i thought i had made something that was going to be challenging which i think mm. is what it told me yes. but like achievable i didn't want to go too crazy on like yeah. the hardness scale um yeah. but it turned out just being like you know they executed them rather quickly and simply. Um, and so I just kind of had a moment of like, well, damn, I was hoping it would be a little bit more okay. than that. Um, but, you know, it's whatever. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of had like a more narrative session after that because uh, totally. we have role play hosts at the table. And they they do have a tendency yeah. to talk their way out of combat. Um, but like as much role play as we have in our games, I do. That is like a skill I want to develop mm -hmm. because I do want those moments where there is meant to be combat. There is meant to be tension. There's meant to be stakes to feel, mm -hmm. dynamic. To feel dynamic, to feel. Cause I've had combats that I've also like, we have a horror campaign after like, we're done playing my game on those oh, weekends. Cool. And, like our DM Teddy is so good about yeah. combat and making it feel tense. And it, like we, I, in that game, I feel like we really get into like, that's mm. the longest anyone has ever gotten me to stay engaged in a combat, combat because I usually have a very hard time with it. Yeah. And yeah. it does depend on like, am I rested? Am I tired? Like, am I, do I feel like all of that jazz? But totally. at, yeah, after a while, typically I just really start to zone out. Because, like, I don't yeah. typically play role-playing games for the... Like, I like it. It's an element of it. Yeah. But 
like the game I run, generally Vampire the Masquerade, they have like a three rounds and out mechanic for combat to mm-hmm. kind of expedite it and then get back. To oh, it. that's a cool mechanic. Yeah, um, and like yeah. that's something that like I'm more comfortable with as DM, but I would also like to get better at like finding ways to make combat engaging for myself and stay engaged when I'm a player. And yeah, like you said, making it narratively have stakes and feel interesting. And he's just really good about getting it like, I don't like I've I've needed to like zone out of my character for a minute and just really analyze what he does because he's so good at like keeping us engaged. It feels tense the whole time. And we are like really like even when it's someone else's turn, your your head is churning about what you're gonna be doing and how yeah. to like optimize the situation. Yeah. And it feels dynamic, it feels like engaging. The environment changes so many times. Yeah, it's like okay, we're starting right. to get a little bit of progress. And it's like now nah, here's three death moose mooses mooses that are here. Death mooses. Death mooses that are here to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's so definitely. cool and it's something i i want to have players feel that at my table like totally. so much you know yeah can i ask how many people yeah. are in the game like the one where you find combat very like good and like intense how many players do there play there is one two five five yeah there's five of us Five. Okay, that's actually pretty good then because normally yeah. like the first thing that like i think is like an issue that I am currently dealing with is that since it's turn-based, right? Like too many yeah. players can obviously just slow stuff down like yeah. so immensely. Mm-hmm. I'm currently playing a game with eight players. Um, <laughs> and they're sort of like, it's 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 kind of this sneaky thing where they're sort of play testing all of the content I'm putting out, but they don't know that I'm actually like doing all of this like, <laughs> content yeah. stuff on the side i've blocked them oh. all on my instagram account like oh, they have like they have no idea they have no idea this is happening we'll yeah and i'll like we'll i'll show them all these <laughs> files in the like vtt and they'll be like oh tom you really put a lot of work into this session i'm like ah this and is you're cool. like yeah i'm just so passionate yeah. about our game specifically <laughs> yeah. you had a special idea <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um but uh, i'm running it with eight people right now and that's turned out to be a challenge one thing i would say though if if you have a larger group of people, something that I found to work really well, and this is a little off topic, but I found combined initiative, if you're comfortable with it as a DM and you think you can handle it, is actually like adds a lot more chaos and fun to the game where if like there's three players that are going back to back to back and they're all like they're all like in the initiative order together i just kind of say to them you're all free to do what you want and i'm just kind of listening in on what each of them are doing and it, it it's one of those things where it's like it's obviously not very formal but it is something that like helps a lot if you have a huge yeah we do yeah we have an element of that in that like horror campaign because i believe um he i I think teddy has a rule now that yeah he wants to incentivize us helping each other because he only says he's out to murder us all and And we really gotta take whatever chances we can get so he get yeah yeah, he's we get we can get like advantage or if you already have advantage we can get like plus one to like attack yeah like instead of stacking advantage if we help yeah each other it could be advantage plus uh an added modifier Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's like you would have yeah somebody like cast a support spell and two people go up and like flank anyway like that's an interesting way to just inherently make combat more dynamic where because you're not necessarily chained to the strict turn order where it's like oh if you have a wizard or something that wants to cast a certain spell like oh they need to delay their turn until after the melee people or whatever yeah like, melee people need to delay their turn so somebody yeah. can cast sleep or whatever the fuck or like. i think totally. instead of for example like when we have matching initiatives um yeah. we can just both go at the same time and we can mm-hmm. potentially play off of each other's like abilities or actions right. to do yeah. like a tag team action yeah a hundred percent interesting and that like and that honestly for me that has worked really well but again like my game is like very chaotic like a lot of people like mm. like you know set but like we're all drinking and like just yelling at each other so it's a very <laughs> chaotic time it's not really like but um, one thing, so the one thing I think I, I'll start with um, is that like my main tip and something that I think is what uh, DMs who struggle with combat struggle with the most or like are not maybe aware of is that um, try not to think of combat as a separate thing from the rest of the game. I think we're mm-hmm. kind of like 
accustomed when running D&D to think storytelling, RP, RP, storytelling. Now everyone roll initiative. And now it's the combat part of the game. And that mm-hmm. is the separate and it, that is separate. We're going to do initiative and we're going to everyone's going to use their abilities and then when initiative ends then we're going to get into more um then we're going to go back to like the role playing and like everything like that um what i would say is that don't separate those two because uh just because it feels like you have to like i in video games that's like a common thing right it's like you'll be playing a game you'll like there'll be all these like dialogue options and they'll be like now fight the monster and then you do your monster fight and then it ends and then all the dialogue options come back up and you do more of that. yeah um but in D, you can totally mesh the two and i think combat is a stage for storytelling character building and everything else that goes along with D&D. Like you can totally have dialogue and intensive role-playing moments in between combat or as combat's going on. In fact, I think it's like very encouraged that you sandwich every single turn with just as much description and RP as like you possibly can as a DM, because that way it doesn't feel like, oh, time to get over this combat so we can continue the story by sandwiching it and putting like all of those, um, putting all of those descriptions or lore, whatever you want to dialogue into the combat, it feels like it's just like a genuine continuation of playing D&D. It's just everyone's in a turn order kind of thing. Um, There's a lot of other things for like increasing D&D, making better encounters and things. But I think just as a DM, that would be like my one main tip is your biggest advice. Yeah. A hundred percent is to just like when don't go into combat mode. Don't go like time to look at the numbers and just like say if stuff hits or not, like add descriptions to like every single thing that happens and make sure that like there's continuous dialogue and like character building moments. I definitely think that's something I could probably start implementing more because now that I think about it, like when I think of other like, for example, like Dimension 20, like Brennan is amazing with that and like being descriptive during combat and like mm-hmm. really kind of paints a picture and like, you know, still slings like a few words out yeah. here and there yeah. from the NPCs at, or like the the bad guys when they're being attacked totally. and interacts with the players on their turn. Yeah. Um, the players interacting with each other. But like, I was also going to say, like, you did a really good job with that. Our last Strixhaven mm-hmm. session. Because mm. there was like a big moment with my character where like there was a big emotional sort of RP scene in the middle of the fight. And like that only made it more scary and intense and feel out of control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that like you did a really good job weaving that in. I in will that say combat. that session was like one of the sessions that I've planned. It is the session that I've planned the most I've ever planned yeah. uh, for a session. We had to get through so much. Yeah, we had to get through so much content. It was like an 18 yeah. hour session. Oh my god. Um, yeah, it was. That's it was a hot review. <laughs> That's like I mean, it came, it, like, it pulled off in. though. Like it yeah. like it clearly worked, but and it was just like. It was one that I was like, I really want to nail the combat scenario and I wanted it to feel dynamic. I was like, again, tired of like every combat encounter that I've done so far feeling very like stale or quick to get through. And so I was like, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to put my whole DMOC into this shit. Yeah, no, that didn't. Like, <laughs> there, there were stakes and there was a clock running and like the longer things went on, the worse they could get. And when yeah. things started going bad because the dice stopped rolling well, straight from right here, right. mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, this is this is bad times." This is not, yeah, this is getting risky. And then yeah. it turned out okay, and like we were able to bring it back around. But right. yeah, that was a really good example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say to then, like on top of that, is um, when you're uh, when you're running that kind of combat, is that I always find and. This one is more of a personal preference, I think. But if I'm asking my players to roll initiative, I have full plans that like one of them will die that session or that like that will go down at least. Yeah. It, like, I think one thing is that like down will die because those are not the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Very different. Very different. Sure I think it's that. 
one of them will go down for sure. I don't kill a player recession. That'd be that'd be nonsense. Yeah, you could. Like, I mean, if you were running, uh, there's like that new RP out that's called Shadow Dark. I don't know if you guys have heard of that one. It's it's a very like old school D and D where it's like your players die at like a sneeze kind of thing. It's um, like a meat grinder situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, it's like you're coming in here knowing you're you're, you're gonna, gonna be in danger. Like five players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, back to the point is that I think if you're rolling initiative and you're setting all of that up and like you're going to that trouble, you need to make sure that those combat encounters aren't just like placeholder, like you fight a guard and then like you like incapacitate the guard or something, you know, yeah. like if, if it's little combats like that, I almost would like play them out more in like skill As, check. Like, a role play thing. Yeah. Because yeah. it just, it feels like, because it literally will take you 10 minutes to like get all the initiative stuff and then everything organized. And then once you get all of that finally rolling, it the combat will last like 15 minutes. Kind of so. like that, like having minor encounters be more narrative, have a check that you make, and then you act, play out how that went down yeah. for the degree of success or failure. Or like you roll several times and then whoever like, is the winner of that set wins the combat. And then totally. you yeah. that. I kind of yeah. I like that for because then you're saving com like the combat combat for when it's really yeah. intense and it's the big fire, the big battle, the monster, the or, you yeah. know, the that's where you really gotta pull out the all your stops at the bottom of the dungeon or like whatever, whatever is waiting for you and you're yeah. <laughs> yeah. in your world. Totally. Yeah, because if you're not, if you're not like if you're not thinking um, that you're going to down a player in the combat, then there's obviously not going to be that much stakes and therefore your mm -hmm. players will just have less buy-in. It, it is yeah, one of those things. And I think you guys have, you, you two have talked about it quite a bit, but stakes add a lot. Like if the stakes are high or if like things are dire, players will just naturally be much more invested into the yeah. game. Un unless if like, or like opposed to, if they um, say are all up and they all have like 30 hit points and the enemies are dealing like seven points around, it just really doesn't, uh, it really doesn't create buying because it just becomes more of a like, oh, here's a got to do this task kind of thing. And it feels yeah. much more grindy than it does um, like cinematic. Ollie and I both have other campaigns like separate where we both play rogues and like, Always Rogue in particular can like that's a bad can bitch. 1v1 a boss basically and knock them down like to half health. I love her. But yeah. even like my normal like swashbuckler rogue, because like I don't have to have flanking to get sneak attacks. So it's like I've killed people by just hitting them with throwing a knife and hitting them in the head. And my name was like, Yeah, he's dead. I'm like, cool, chief. We can move on. But yeah, like with with her, like, and there is like a like fun. An element of fun to that because it's mm -hmm. be like I did forty damage this round. Totally, I feel um, like a badass. Yeah, yeah, like I'm just mowing. I am a human weed whacker right now, just yeah. mowing yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. But it it very much does feel like a task or an obstacle to get through. It's like these enemies are just difficult terrain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hundred percent terrain with extra yeah. steps. Yeah. Yeah. And there is something to be said too. Um, I'm kind of eating my own words here, but there is something said to be like throwing like a relatively easy encounter at your players. Um, build up confidence. Yeah. And just or to give them that feel like they're badasses and they mm -hmm. like, they've come a long way. Like that does play its role. But if like every game that you're playing, you're throwing these like mild encounters that aren't putting anyone down and not really creating any stakes, it just becomes like more of this like, oh, time to roll initiative. Like you're going yeah. to the next hour of my life kind of thing. Um, yeah. Where like, I, I just feel like it, when it's intense and everything and like uh, most combat that I've been running with this group of seven, every time we've been got to the end of the boss encounter, like three people have been down Two of them are crying. One of them is like, you know, it's like it's a it's a really intense thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And yeah. I, I like what you said about combat often getting treated almost like a placeholder or it's just something like you feel like you need to do to like do D&D &D right. Yeah. And so it's like, OK, I guess it's I guess it's time to bonk and sling some spells. And yeah, and it's just it's it may be. Maybe it's necessary. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it's something you're just trying to throw in to fill a fill a gap, or because you feel like feel like you need to because you didn't like run a real session. 
if yeah. you didn't have a fight. And it's like, that's, that's not true. Yeah, necessarily. Totally. It, it can be impactful. Like if you do have a fight every time, if you're in like, like, like a curse of straw where it's like every, yeah. the world is out to kill you, then them all being high stakes. And that is its own like situation. Or when you do hit combat of it's like, okay, this is yeah a real intense could be problematic situation. Yeah. That we're now yeah. In. Someone's going to probably go down and yeah, definitely like the, the, the stakes is very important. And like, like you were mentioning, like with, with that character that I have, that's a rogue. Um, like we had a whole thing where she got kidnapped and that entire interaction was like a party split. It was me and mm-hmm. one other player. He went down and we were being chased by literally like a BBG. Yeah. And I had very limited action economy and what I could do. And I chose like as a rogue, I could have bonus action dash and then action dash and gotten out of there scot-free, but I, it would have required me leaving my party member. And yeah. so I sacrifice in the, the, with the movement of the BBG that was trying to catch up to us. I was like, either I get away scot-free now, or I risk trying to stabilize my partner mm-hmm. and then I'm not going to be able to get away from this and man. He's going to catch up and find you. Yeah, we just think your partner's dead. And so it was. It yeah. was down to like a series of roles. Yeah. Of me hiding, him finding me, attacking me, and me trying to hide again because that's literally all I could do. And that felt so tense. Totally. Um, yeah. And then leaving off on that cliffhanger, and then we went to like like almost two months of us doing side shit because my girl had been kidnapped, so I was playing like a temporary PC. Sure. And they were gearing Ooh. up to go save her or yeah. like find out what happened to her. Yeah. And then when we cut back to when they actually find her, um, the the party still can't like quite access to her. And she's going into an arena to like fight to the death situation. So I'm like, I get handed my fucking character sheet again after a fucking two months of yeah. not playing her. Well, yeah. Yeah. And being like, fuck. And then like, and the, I'm going right into yep. a big combat with someone that is much stronger than me. Yeah. Um, and like her yeah. life being in danger. And I was like, God, I'm sweating. It's like, I hope you're yeah. Off yeah. And the party is just yeah. like kind of yeah. helpless being like watching the shit and being like, when do we hop in? Cause they are surrounded by all of like the baddies basically. Like we are totally. outnumbered. Yeah. And I was like, damn. And I was, I forgot. And I think he rolled to see how many rounds of the fight happened before the right. party could intervene. Yeah. And I think he rolled oh. a D6 and got six rounds. And I was That's like, I'm not nuts. fucking making it six rounds, chief. Six rounds and, is a wild amount yeah. of time. And that. I was like, yeah. when this person hits like a fucking freight train. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I sat there, like looked at my sheet and I was like, the only way I live is if I'm going to, I'm an assassin rogue is like, I need to go first in initiative. Yeah. And I need to crit and get all this buku damage. Yeah. And I you did have to, you have and to I did exactly point. that. Hell yeah. And you I crit was like on that? I critted and sneak attack. I freaked out. I'd flip the table over. You, you were owed. You were owed that. Yeah. After, after the disrespectful after, roles yeah, 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 yeah. Of, of all the when bullshit. When she got, when got abducted, like your roll your dice were just Yeah. Bad. I think she did like 40 plus damage on her first mm-hmm. go. Yeah. And yeah. then the second like I had this person down in two two rounds yeah and like they hit me once and they got me down over half my health yeah Yeah. so it was literally like i need to do this and i need to do this now. that was what you had to do to to live it wasn't like a big dick in the locker room yeah it was like no i must yeah Yeah. and i was like damn like that was like some of the tensest shit i've ever experienced as a player yeah but it was so fucking good and again i was like i was at peace with that i was like if i die i die chief but (laughs) but it really was a case of like the dice have to do this one specific thing yep. or I'm dead. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's, that's like, just it. That's a good, that's a Like, I think building up to those, like, like, cause like at the end of, at the end of the day, D and D is a game where we sit around and we roll dice. And so yeah. building up to those big dice rolls can come, can be really hard to do, but the payoff is like amazing and i think the one thing i would say to that is that you can do that in a lot of different ways and it obviously depends on your game but using an example from mine is i had a i had a i had an enemy creature who was like uh i'm gonna screw the name on this but yunti which is like a snake person yunti yunti oh thank you you want to i was using yunti for 
eight. <laughs> um, anyway, I only know because uh, we're dealing with a lot of snake shit, and I've threatened because that character yeah. was gonna die. I've threatened my DM. I'm like, if you kill her, I will come back here as an artificer you want to and make myself a fucking problem for you. You're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will play lizard Hitler. So help me God. Yeah, and he'll be like, he's like, damn. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, he's like. Yeah, Chris is like, I also don't want your character to die. I'm it's like, like, I don't care, Chief. Like, do it. You're like, you'll be yeah. punished for it if she does, whether <laughs> you want it to or not. Yeah, you're in trouble either way, buddy. So. Like, we're all going to be in pain in yeah. this home. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then so uh, in in the game, though, that we were running the uh, this one, one of the like one of the chiefs casters had an ability that basically was like an insta kill. And you had to roll a save to um, kill or something. Yeah, to survive from like 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 yeah, I right. forget what the actual ability was called, but um it was an insta kill ability and it led up, it was like at the end of the encounter, and the whole party was trying to leave like the temple that they were in, and this um this caster chief came up to them. And one of my players had to make the role to make sure that like they didn't die. And one thing, the thing that I did that I think worked really well is that throughout like the last four sessions, I had built up this ability through like lore and other sort of like storytelling aspects. So the players knew it was coming because mm -hmm. if you have those abilities and you like lean it all on like one dice roll, it can be yeah. really fun but it can also feel incredibly unfair to the players if they miss a save and then their character like straight up dies. However, yeah, right. if yeah. you build it up for like four sessions and you're like, this thing is going to kill you. If you run it like this guy. It's looming. Yeah, it's, it's out looming. there. It's coming. And it yeah. built up to like the most, like it was, it was probably the best like session I've ever run. And it was just so like, it was, everyone was sweaty. It was just so intense. And just building up those roles really made the combat feel like and again it comes back to like making sure the stakes are high because yeah. if it was like oh you take 10 hit points if you miss the save then it's like who cares but if it's like an insta death then it's like oh time to time to roll for my life kind of thing yeah uh, like there may be nothing you can do to circumvent this and so the whole time you're waiting for something that you know is coming so that the like baddie's not gonna not use this thing that they have so it's yeah. like, okay, when when is it? Yeah. And <laughs> who's it gonna be? It's like and they can probably only do it once, but like they're definitely gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like all of the listeners of the podcast are gonna listen to this. They're gonna go make like the craziest hard encounter ever and they're gonna kill all their players. <laughs> Like, <laughs> probably fuck some things up for some people yeah, yeah. <laughs> to that I would formal say, apologies to those players yeah sorry uh, to like the yeah everyone but to that i would say too is that like make sure you do balance it and that you retroactively like you don't necessarily as a dm need to make the most optimal attacks every round if you feel that you are like overshooting and over like attack like overdoing it or like definitely feels like it's too one-sided you can make some role-playing decisions to kind of like yeah. come back also as a gm understand that like you you have full control of what's going on behind the screen and totally. if you're like hey you start realizing that you built an encounter that's really unbalanced in either yes. direction uh you your can. players don't know the fucking health points can, of those you bitches. Can. Yeah, you, you can, can fuck that, that shit if you yeah. need to. Um, like, I think one of the first encounters that like you had as as a player, yeah. I tossed a fucking corpse flower in Witherbloom, and this bitch is only like level two. Yeah, <laughs> and I my, my went pretty much by herself, and then like I mean, she was going to go by herself, but she went and told a friend, and that friend's like mom is one of Raina, like is Raina, one of Ollie's like long running just children like yeah character children who has like permeated every canon that we've yeah reina is eternal and reina is eternal and in endless. every yeah. aspect but um her daughter and my character are good friends so like she came with my character anya but yeah we were not if i'm like oh i've like i fucked up aaron and like after <laughs> the after the combat i was like yeah it, it could have attacked like four times or whatever yeah and i was like rolling was, yeah. one attack one and time. rolling like a fourth of the damage it could normally yeah, do totally. and it was still yeah, a there. near thing and like my character's yeah. a paladin so it's like i was just laying on hands myself because i'm like i can't take another hit meanwhile i'm like keeping track of her health yeah. furiously to make sure she doesn't die but i'm bringing her right there to the to the edge yeah. what's well, like i was calculating to make sure i wouldn't be insta-killed 
Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah. that was a real possibility. Because especially if your characters are lower level, like, that can very easily happen. Where oh, it's like, what, like one to three? Like, yeah. Yeah, higher levels to fully a strong breeze will we'll get we'll get uh, you. totally absolutely yeah. but <laughs> yeah yeah but it's yeah like as a GM you you have full control and you can balance yeah. that shit out how you see fit and do whatever you need to do to make it like both narratively interesting and combat interesting mm-hmm. um and and adjust accordingly and yeah. it's really about also, reading like, the room yeah yeah and like yeah. there are things like resurrection and they, that they can have fun and interesting character implications of like what happened to your character like when they died and like the process of bringing them back is intense because that's not a sure thing yeah and like how do they cope with you know having died and been brought back and like so that it can open up interesting like character development opportunities if they do die where you don't lose the character or you can have fail safes and hail and hail marys too because like for example with teddy in in our other campaign um he's got a thing where like if we're out of spell slots um or like there's like a special feature ability that we have but we can only use it once kind of thing um you can dip into either your health or you could take a level of exhaustion yeah yeah to potentially gain that spell slot back or or cast that like ability again and we had a moment of like in this last session because we were like taking on a hag and so like the party's the party's very dispersed so some people are like in the hag's house some people are climbing up the tower trying to get the hag some of us are outside trying to like battle away like her fucking deer like yeah the eldritch deer and then also she like resurrected her little pet graveyard and they were like this cluster of like dead animals dead animals yeah bad for me because i was coming off of like that last session it was too close to home i feel like directly attacked (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it was also just like i think it was me and like the dms npc out there and like your character yes and we we were taking we took care of those like giant fucking mises or whatever mooses yeah Um, it's like my because my character Maeve, she's a monk so she does, and she's a way of long death monk. So she's tank- and I'm the cleric. As tanky as a monk can get, and she does buku damage. And so I was like, okay, if I can kill, oh, because we didn't know if the mo- the moose were like glass cannons or not, and they right. didn't have as much health as one would think. Yeah, um, yeah. But they weren't they weren't like completely fragile. But my monk could take one down in like two or three couple, two or three rounds. But at some yeah. point. One like slit charge attacked her and she went down. And then all his character Seraphina had to. I went down twice in that combat. You went down twice. And then the DMs, the DMPC went down. And I remember like he went down, but he had killed like the one of the moose things that were near us away from you. Yeah, he killed the one over by like you and Alyssa's character. Yeah. But then at that point, Alyssa's character was gone. It was just me out there. He went down and the fucking homunculus thing absorbed the moose and became an even bigger, like basically a giant mounted centaur, like abomination thing. And it's yeah. literally just me out there. Yeah. And like, what we're not going to do is that. Like, you know. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah. motherfucker, because everybody else is inside. And so I like, then I remember that he had that th- thing of like, we can exchange a level of exhaustion for an ability and i have turned undead so i looked at him and i was like can i and i had already used it in the dungeon prior to us getting there so i was like can i do this and we rolled for it and so then and that i succeeded and like the only reason we fucking lived at that point is because my turn undead happened yeah because after it's absorbed then like the thing that the homunculus gets the hit the max hit points of all the things it It absorbed so it basically Oh, that's a cool mechanic. Resurrected. Yeah. And it's just Teddy with a sadistic smile setting his fucking flesh <laughs> pet golem on top of the moose that he got from like the Christmas, the Christmas store. store. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so good. we simply cannot do this. But yeah. yeah, you were able to turn undead and they all kind of went. Yeah. Back and it's having yeah. little, little, little cool things like that that you can do that are not necessarily like extremely combat tactics or whatever but you're like i have a hail mary in my back pocket and this is a tense situation yeah like but it still costs something of like you took a you took a level of exhaustion oh yeah my girl's like she's not in good shape she needs a nap we're alive (laughs) yeah we do need the magic nap 
Yeah, wow. totally. Yeah, and I think even like talking about Turn Undead, I just brings up like I'm a very competitive person as like mm-hmm. just in general. It's kind of funny. Me and my fiance were both like extremely competitive people, but we're like really bad at sports. So our kids are gonna that. have like the worst time of their lives because they're gonna be the most competitive people ever, but they are going to be like so like they will not be able to compete anywhere except for like card games and dance well i dan- dance actually my partner she's a ukrainian dancer so she we have yeah, that okay. but other than that it's uh they could probably do like they're... marching band or something no. yeah or unless it's a thing yeah we're like the two like recess- recessive traits cancel each other out so like maybe they'll just be <laughs> they'll like, just be star d1 like athletes six seven happen. pro basketball yeah yeah that'll be, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm sure that yeah <laughs> uh anyway um just being a competitive person, those abilities like turn undead and um, uh, other like really strong abilities like that. Sometimes it's, it can be as a DM really hard to swallow that your players have those abilities and can like really turn the tide of like your whole encounter yeah. with one thing. But as a DM, I've learned to really like like really embrace that there are some broken abilities in D&D and to let your players use them because it makes your yeah. players feel so cool and badass when they can like r- like turn the entire encounter into like a much easier thing with like one or two abilities and it's it's one of those things where it's like you look at it from a balancing perspective and you're like this is crazy like this literally like makes this not makes like all of my creatures like uh, unusable however sometimes it's good to really embrace the weaknesses of your creatures and let your players just go yeah ham because it feels bad as a competitive person it feels bad to like have your encounter get totally slammed however your players will like it will feel like a cool move from your players and whenever, oh, yeah. yeah so and it's that's also like i think a large part it's like there's so, so many things that are so niche uh, that people will be like, oh, I don't know if I should take this because I don't know if it's ever going to be applicable. I feel like your job as a DM is like, take the thing that you want and I will find a way to work it into the narrative and give you yes. your full movement moment. Because totally. it's not just going to be like, oh, cool, that's a thing you can do and I will never address it. Yeah, you have yeah. blind fighting, but you'll never be in that. You'll never be in that. Um, but also, like for example, like me, uh there's moments where i also like especially when starting out dming i was like i have no concept for what is broken what is not so i kind of give a blanket like if it sounds cool and not like to me it doesn't sound crazy overpowered i'll just say yes to it and if as we're playing it turns out it's broken maybe we'll like readdress it and adjust it or put limits on it whatever but i'm never gonna like have you take a thing and then be like no you don't have that anymore because i don't like it i'm gonna give you something to That's adjust it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think like as the DM, like if you have players that are playing creatively and using their characters to the fullest extent and everything, that opens up the doors for what you can do as the DM and the amount of shit you can play through when you're going through your like Toys R Us of monsters. Yeah, you're like, we've made this okay for your player. Thus my yeah. NPCs can yeah. also do you the thing. It's like, you also, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like you have yeah. a lot more stuff to pick from than mm-hmm. the players do and so it's like you can just be like oh and suddenly to ask if you wanted to <laughs> yeah and they have to sort yeah. that out and and yeah. that's cool from a dm perspective because it takes kind of the reins off and you have free will to do crazy shit and see see what happens also totally. just as a public defender situation and i am going to start going on a rant here because i remembered right. this but it's the if your players have chosen like a spell or they have an ability that maybe you forgot and yeah. you've planned an encounter, you've planned a situation, whatever, and then you forget that they have a thing and they pull that shit out on you and you're like, fuck. Are we going to speak with <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so yeah. it's like, yeah, like I get it now as a DM and it's uh, sometimes that means like, oh, there are like narrative things that weren't meant to happen just yet. And now you've used this thing. Yeah. That kind of exposes all of that and like mm-hmm. peels the curtain back. And I kind of have to give you these things. Yeah. I had a situation where like we were in the Curse of Strahd, like Ravenloft uh-huh. thing. And yes. we were going to bypass a graveyard that the BBG's like old party was buried in. Right. And yeah. um, we were like, okay, we're going to go check that out to see if we can find out any tea about this girl in her previous life. Right. Yeah. And so I'm the bard. So yeah. I was like, obviously, I'm going to pick bard. speak with dead. 
Oh yeah. yeah uh, and take that shit with me going into this into the situation. Domain yeah. of like a vampire. Smart. Yeah. yeah. And so I like yeah. take that shit Handler. in. And so we go, I think we he made us like pick one person to check out their their mausoleum, whatever. Uh-huh. And I think it was the wizard. And I was like, cool, I'm gonna cast speak with dead. And mm-hmm. I saw the moment where he looked at me and he was like, I did not think that you had that spell. Um and did not factor that into what this was. So that would mean yeah. I, I like we get to ask the the ex party member questions. Sure. Yeah. And but there's a limit on the amount of questions. Yeah. Yeah. There's limits yep. already in place. But he asked the dead man to give a state of the union address. On yeah. How to be. Yeah. Beach. No. But yeah. he had a moment where he was arguing back with me and he's like, well, I mean, he's been dead a really long time and he doesn't have like a tongue or like a throat to make words or sounds out of. Mm. and shit and i looked at him and i was like then why the fuck do i have this spell yeah like, why does totally. the spell exist are you telling me i can only speak to freshly dead corpses it's not speak with a lightly de- decomposed person. no it's speak no, with dead it's like a, yeah, that, that's a that's a weak improv move yeah and i'm like <laughs> yeah are you like, fa- in a world of magic you're gonna argue anatomy right and decomposition with me you're supposed yeah, to yeah. yes and it is like going back to the improv rule of yes and is totally. so important Mm-hmm. Because and even if you don't know where it's going, just fucking go with it. And make up that the nonsense, the... and it'll probably be fine. Totally. Yeah, that is like the magic of D and D. I feel, and it's something that's hard to embrace as DMs a lot of time because it's really hard to step away from. Like, I have a super cool encounter lined up. I have all of this stuff. This is how I want the session to go. But in my opinion, the best stuff that comes from that is when you, as a DM, get surprised and you have to like make something make shit up on the fly do something that like is the different because then the players aren't just playing the game but like you're playing the game as well and that is just like one of the reasons why i like fell in love with DD so much is that it ignores all rules of like predetermined like gaming kind of like you do this this happens it's like you literally have the option to like totally change the story with like one cast speak with the undead and um it's a little bit like not we're not talking about combat anymore but that is just like my love for D is yeah. the fact that that can happen you know oh yeah and you can't imagine what i what i went through when we watched the goddamn D movie and they did their fucking speak oh, with dead yeah that's and exactly i was what with I was the party about. members that i had that whole fucking thing with and like we no 100%. longer talk to that dm but i was like i'm so tempted to just call up his ass and yeah. yell at him hey, about buddy. it yeah <laughs> so, he's it was talking so fucking annoying because it's just like you've picked this hill to die on and you're wrong and he wasn't <laughs> yeah. someone that could admit when he was fucking wrong and i'm like uh, I just hate yeah about i am but it's still like yeah, if yeah. you're you as the dm you're like okay i don't want to say certain things that would be like kind of unveiling too much about the plot before i'm ready like you have full control over what i know like what tells me you could you could work around it however you won't know better it's but a tough thing me, to do. I don't know what that dead man knew when he lived. Nah. So yeah, exactly. Maybe him, and, maybe him and her were just not super close. And he's like, I don't know. She fucked the barbarian a bunch of times. And I just kind of minded my business. <laughs> like, you could have just said that. Oh, what a good story. Holy cow. Get me in that campaign. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. But no, totally. Like, I mean, it is a tough thing to tell DMs. But it's really like, like it, combat's part of it. But going with the flow of what your players dish out, like, that is part of the, like, that is part of the magic of D&D. I would say. Mm-hmm. And, and in that in that light, too, I also like one of my big things that I do for combat is I it's real like you've already mentioned it, but it's a real yes and mentality, which I didn't do for quite a while where I was like very stick. I was a very big stickler for the rules where it's like, let's say a character move their full movement and then they were like like three feet away from the enemy or something or like just out of reach i'd be like nope you you like you can't but now as like a veteran dm or like someone who's been playing the game for a while i am so much more lax about that kind of stuff because it just creates so much more opportunity for my players to do and no 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 one's having fun if they move their full movement and then they're like a, like two feet away from the monster and and like, like fuck <laughs> Yeah, it's just like like come on, just give them the give them the two feet. Give them know? the extra step. Exactly. And like, there's enough of that of like your dice are gonna roll like shit some games and you're not gonna hit anything. And there's amounts yeah. of that where like nobody has any control over it, the players or the DM. So it's yeah. like, yeah, just if you can let people have fun, you should do that because it is a totally. hobby at the end of yeah. the day. 
Yeah. And so like implementing like that, like, like I, I'm sure you guys have heard of it, but it's like the rule of cool where like, yeah, I am well versed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I live there rent free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that rule is like, that rule I find is very important to combat because it also just gives players a much better way to like have, like go about combat and like again like telling more of a dynamic story opposed from like well like all i can really do is run up and like hit the creature kind of thing yeah. um one thing that i've implemented in my um in the current stuff that i'm producing which is like everybody has been very supportive of it but i can see people not liking it is um something that i've like for the boss encounters i've produced is called achievements mm-hmm. and basically it's like it's pulled from like all video games everywhere but like yeah during an encounter there are three achievements that i lay out and they add difficulty the, the to the encounter but they also um like add a level of uh, option for the player to like do something cool so for example in the first encou- encounter i released it was like this big owl uh like kind of like owlbear but like like wings it was like i it was like i don't know i can't really describe what this creature was but it was this big winged creature and one of the achievements was to ride the creature for three rounds of combat and that was like so awesome in the game because like two of my guy like two of the guys they climbed up on this thing and the creature like like went all around the room and they kept having to roll like athletics and acrobatics checks yeah it was really cute because they were just like holding hands the whole time trying (laughs) to hold on to this creature and it just created such a like a fun extra thing and it was so really fucking love that and it was it, it it I could see how you like I couldn't totally understand if players are like that gamifies the game too much because I'm sure like it it's it is a very like gamification thing. There are ways that I think a DM could introduce it in like more of a like storytelling way in in the ways I presented. It. It's like oh, there's just extra loot if you do these achievements. But um, I could even see it something as like for example, like in that in that encounter that you're explaining, like for example, if there are say I don't know witnesses that are seeing this happen maybe yeah. they gain like some kind of reputation role totally. and like when they come back to the town people are like oh you're the owl writer whatever da, da, da. yeah and that yeah. gives you bonuses to charisma stuff or and it's like if you save civilians or something yeah. like prioritize getting them out over just like, mm. like there there can be yeah, like loot bonuses but also like role play bonuses as far as like yeah. what genuinely would happen if like the town saw you save them in a particular way yeah, yeah. they're gonna you know suddenly it's gonna be easier to uh roll charisma checks or persuade right. people totally. or, or get access to to things you wouldn't have oh, access i love to those before. ideas and yeah it just like, kind like, of encourages create mm-hmm. creativity in combat yes, yeah exactly and that's again that's like i think the real like rule where rule of cool comes from too and everything is that like if you can get creative with your turn you're going to have a lot more fun as a player and you're going to be thinking a lot more of like what i can do and that's going to keep you occupied as the combat kind of drones on and you're waiting for your turn and it also just creates more of the cinematic thing like every player at my table was super invested in these two holding hands on top of this creature as it was flying yeah. through because yeah. it was you're like um, you want them to get it you want yeah. them to succeed and it was also just like very funny and like it was just, it was very it was just like very funny and cute and like it's uh if if the achievements weren't there they're probably my players are very like optimal kind of thing or they, most of them are so they they probably would have all just like ran up to the creature and like hit it kind of thing and again yeah that doesn't really create that dynamic it adds dynamics anymore. to it mm-hmm. yeah a hundred percent. So always try to implement, I would say, like that rule of cool and really try to encourage your players. It doesn't have to be achievements, but if there is a way that you can try to get your players to do cool things, they will have more fun and everybody at the table will have more fun during combat. That's incredible. I can think of no better way to, to end that because I think that statement just like encapsulated all of it. Um, and we're we're coming up on time, but like this has been incredible. This was so so informative and so good. I want to sit at your guys' table. It sounds like a our table is a fucking time. Yeah, if you're ever in Houston or Austin, let or you're you're planning on coming, you let me know and I'll I'll make it happen for you. 
But yeah, it's been great. Um, thank you so much. Definitely uh, give us your socials and where people can find you. A hundred percent. If people hear this podcast and they uh, want to like check out what um, like what my stuff is or maybe get some ideas for some inter- interesting combat, um, feel free to just message um you two on Instagram or something and I will then let me know and I'll just provide you with like a free PDF of my content. Ooh, incredible. Awesome. Perfect. And what are your handles where people can find you? Uh, so it's mainly Dungeon Master Tom. Dungeon Master spelled out one word underscore T-H-O-M. I'm a Thom. Not thom. A thom. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. I'm on Instagram threads. Uh, I am on Facebook, but I think I have like one follower. So just find me. Instagram. <laughs> I don't even you're... know anything that's going on on our table talk Facebook. I know it exists. Yeah. Um, but yeah, follow me on Instagram for sure. That's I, I release like 90% of my content is free and you can just look at it on Instagram. And uh, yeah, definitely follow me there. It's at again, dungeon master underscore Tom with an H incredible well thank you so much for coming on um and i guess we'll see y'all next time bye amazing thank you so much guys of course table talk is a podcast brought to you by mythos media productions bringing you a new episode every wednesday wherever you get your podcasts find us on instagram and tiktok at table talk rpg or check us out at our website mythosmediaproductions.godaddysites.com all business inquiries can reach out to us via email at info at